Avi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's eight minutes past the hour. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got a whole hour to discuss millennials and not just the... Uh, the fact that these people were born at a particular time, but the way their financial saving patterns work, the way they think, how we as financial institutions can design and can produce and then can offer a product that really suits them. It's, it's really about understanding the market, the need, but yet at the same time, the fundamentals of financial saving, financial planning, and having a plan that works from now all the way through to retirement doesn't really change because ultimately you need to have an asset base to draw on when you retire. How you build that asset base and what that asset base is, is not really all that important. It's a matter of saving towards there. And uh, joining me in studio is Carla Gill. Carla is a Liberty Financial Advisor. Carla, welcome to Chai FM. Thank you very much, Avi, and hello to the listeners. Great. Carla, let's start at the very, very beginning. Um, Before we get into specifics as to the fact that it's Youth Month and all that sort of stuff, let's talk to the, the heart of the matter, which is savings. Ultimately, if we look around, there are many, many people way beyond retirement age. And let's move that from 55 to 65 because 55 is no longer a reality. And also there's major, three major reasons there. Number one, people are living a lot longer. Number two, inflation is not what CPR says it is. And, <laughs> and third of all, um, if you put the two together, the inflation and longevity, you're just never going to really be able to save enough money. So those 10 years make a big difference. Yes, they do, definitely. So let's go back to the very beginning. When it comes to, let's not talk about savings as such for your car or your house. Let's talk more about retirement savings. When's the best time to start for anybody? Um, I think the best time to, to start saving is literally from that first salary. I know everybody wants to take that first salary, spend it, you know, go go crazy. But at the end of the day, that first salary, if you already start making that deduction, the same thing like your tax that is deducted, you get used to it from the word go. So that first salary is really important. Do your deduction. Start already doing your savings from that first salary. And why do I say that? Well, I think most people nowadays think that um, I don't have enough to save. Well, you know, the, the little extra that I do have won't make any impact in saving from an early age. But funny enough, it's actually the other way around because a long-term investor or a long-term saver actually has less than a younger individual. A younger individual has something that an older invest, uh, investor would, doesn't actually have, and it's called time. And if you can start saving from a very, very early age, you will outperform that guy who comes back 10 years after working and realize, hang on a second, okay, so I've bought my car, I've started off in a small apartment, now I'm going to start looking at savings. That five years, seven years, or even 10 years later has a huge impact on your actual savings. So you can start off at an early age with literally next to nothing in savings and the compounded interest is the thing that is going to be your ultimate weapon in retiring or being able to retire or being able to further invest in, in the future. So, so to answer your question, yes, from that first salary is my, my first go. If you can get into a habit, get into a culture of saving from that first salary as little as it is makes a huge difference. 
what happens when someone says to you, but Carla, I've already got a pension or a provident fund. And, you know, if I look at my salary slip, they've taken UIF, they've taken PAYE, and they've taken pension. So am I not saving already? Is that a saving or is it not a saving? Yes, it is a saving. Of course it's a saving. It's a form of saving. But that is a saving that is uh, ultimately looking at the long run where you, was, we were, you were saying earlier, age 55. Yes, now more age 60, 65. That is your retirement saving. That is something that literally should stay away from any form of liquidity or or cashing in at any point. Um, the reason why I say that is because we work as long as we actually are retired. If you work for, if you, if you calculate it, you'll probably be working for 30 plus years. You are going to be retired for the same amount of time. So if you, if you take that into perspective, and a lot of people say, you know, what, what is the good, um, what is a good number or percentage of salary that should be saved towards retirement? Well, you, you make the calculation. If you're working for 30 years and you're going to be retired for 30 years, do you think 20% of your salary is going to be sufficient? You know, and, and if you start doing those simple sums in your head, you can actually see retirement is completely different. We should look at retirement. It, it is a, f- a form of savings and it should stay specifically for what its purpose is, retirement. So to answer the question, pension fund, provident fund, that is, that is a have to situation. Additional savings from there being liquid savings, uh, you know, uh, savings accounts uh, with the bank, uh, fixed deposit accounts, endowments, those form of liquid savings are going to be a different form of savings that allows you to do those things in future. Investments in businesses, marriage, those type of things. I'm not quite sure everybody would say that marriage is a good investment. Depends who you okay, marry. Uh, I maybe I should retract that one. <laughs> but the the first one, which being a house or an asset, is definitely a good investment. A- absolutely. Um, but let, let's let's drill down there a little bit for the next five or six minutes. Um, we've we, you spoke about savings, and we all know, I mean, not we all know, but let's the difference between savings and investing is really the risk that comes on board. If you put your money in the bank. It's unlikely, um, unless we have a Zimbabwe situation, that you're going to lose your money. True. There's fees that you have to be aware of, and you have to make sure that the interest you're earning sort of outstrips the fees that you paid and that you're in the right sort of account. Whereas investing, your fees tend to be somewhat higher, but your risk is far higher because you're of your expected gain on that sort of money. What happens when someone says to you, Carlo, I, I hear what you're saying, and that 2,000 rand retirement annuity even though it's tax deductible, I'm, I'm not going to take it. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put it in a bank account, and I'm going to let it build, and I want to buy a property. Now, they look at you and say, is that a good idea or was that a bad idea? Is there a yes or no answer to that? Um, I, I, I think there is a yes and no, um, and strictly going on the idea about compounded interest. If you're taking something away from your retirement savings, remember your retirement savings is compounded interest. It's interest on top of interest, and year on year, your capital is growing, and you're getting yet more interest on that. Uh, usually, typically, your savings accounts are a simple interest. You're not going to be achieving what you're achieving in a retirement or investment field. And at the end of the day, retirement savings, again, uh, just reiterating, retirement savings are retirement savings. They should really be seen, in my personal view, is that it should be seen differently to, to any form of other investing. Retirement should be really considered on its own platform for the reason that we are going on years and we want that compounded interest. We want it to achieve the maximum 
maximum it can. And in all honesty, if you keep your fingers out of that pot, it's going to achieve its best it can do. So if we go to the savings side, savings should literally be a liquid form. It should be something that if you don't have it tomorrow, it's not going to uh, you know, um, damage any future plans being specifically retirement planning. So if I understand you correctly, retirement planning should be seen as a science on its own. Correct. It's something that you should work towards and you should plan. What happens when you sit down and you do a financial um, a retirement scenario for a client and you do the present value and then the future value and the client thinks that there's a mistake because there's extra zeros that shouldn't be there. Like the 20,000 rand today is 190,000 rand when I'm 65 and they look at you as um, – that really just highlights the fact that inflation is such a reality in our lives. True. Whereas you're talking about Europe, the America, where inflation is below 5%. And often when you borrow money, you're really only paying the interest. We can sort of negate inflation to an extent. Over here, inflation is a reality, and we deal with it on an ongoing basis. So to, if I understand you correctly, retirement savings should be done as a science and an exercise on its own, and then everything else should be looked at in its own compartments. Very much so. And one should divvy up what one has and, and take it from there. Um, the question that's just come through that somebody wants to know is, if you've got, if I understand the, correct, the question correctly, the maximum that one can put towards, a retirement, to, towards retirement planning has been changed. Correct. If someone now has, let's use a 10,000 rand salary, mm-hmm. they only need 5,000 rand to live on. The balance they can do with, 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 with whatever they want, and they're sitting across the table from you. Mm. Would you recommend to them that they use their maximum allowance in order, I don't know, to save the most, to get the biggest tax deduction? Oh, definitely, without question. Um, why? Because the, the maximum tax allowance is going to give you even a further benefit over and above your compounded interest growth. The taxman or the receiver of revenue is saying, listen, you know, I really want to encourage you to, um, you know, to get good grades. I'm really going to encourage you to please start doing some proper retirement savings. Yes. Um, and obviously the Reserve Bank SARS and, and Treasury has realized that we are, we are not a, <clears throat> a society of savings. So let's encourage these guys even more. I mean, it, it was almost double the, 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 the amount that they've actually said here is additional encouragement to do savings so maximize yes please definitely if you can maximize and, and I'm, I know I might repeat it two or three more times <clears throat> but your working career is the same amount of years that you are going to be retired if we go in at 30% of your income uh, think about it in, in relation to what you are spending in today's terms Carla when we come back what I want to discuss I just want to just finish this off and, and the questions are coming through slightly about this is alternatives to the conventional retirement plans, retirement annuities, pensions. Let's ignore Providence for now because my feeling is that there won't be a, um, all that much longer. Okay. Um, but be that as it may. And again, the reason for that, and this is what the unions, I, I can't understand why they fail to understand this, is the government saying, we don't want you to plunder your pension fund, your Provident fund, every time you move a job. And that's why we're trying to put this legislation in place. But let's take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. Abi on money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. And bef- Gil, that's not bad, eh? 103 rand to 79 rand. I don't know, to me it sounds like a bit of a saving, especially if you buy uh, big enough volumes. 
Those are yep. the things to look out for. Savings. Absolutely. But maybe let's just quickly do, you know, move away from there. I don't know if you ever heard the term the cappuccino millionaires. No. So there was a whole movement a while ago about the American youngsters or yuppies as they're called and they would buy cappuccinos every day. And someone did a calculation that if you stop buying the cappuccino and you save that couple of dollars every day, you will be a millionaire by the time you retire. Probably. Robert Kiyosaki turned around and said, buy the flipping cappuccino <laughs> and go and make the extra money and still be a millionaire. And still enjoy the cappuccino. Exactly. He's saying, you, know, you don't have to starve to death so that you can True. be anemic by the time you get to retirement. True. There, there's got to be a balance. And another thing, um, he was driving, uh, Robert Kiyosaki was driving his convertible Bentley and he stopped at a robot, a, 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 a traffic light as they call it. And a, a person walked past and looked at him and said, Wow, that's a great car. I wish I could have one. So he says, well, why do you wish? Why don't you have one? And she just looked at him. And they obviously got chatting. They went over to the side of the road. And what he really said to this person is, stop wishing. Just make it happen. He says, well, I don't know where to start. He says, well, my books are on the shelves. Go and take them and read them. And that will just put your mind in the entrepreneurial mindset. Um, and then just again, he, uh, Robert Kiyosaki and Donald Trump many years ago wrote a book together. Oh, okay. And it was very, very interesting. Um, two entrepreneurs, two both heavily involved in property. But um, Trump called um, Kiyosaki out on a particular point. He said, you keep encouraging everybody to be an entrepreneur. There are certain people who are not DNA programmed to be entrepreneurs. They are flipping good as being job people. Mm. And that doesn't mean sweepers. That means people who can climb the corporate ladder, keep it. And then he gave examples of CEOs of a General Electric thing who retired on packages that, I mean, you had to count the zeros to work out how much money it was. But they did very well for the company and they did very well for themselves. As an entrepreneur, they wouldn't have been that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure in our business, we've seen brilliant, brilliant paraplanners, mm. but they're not good financial planners. Exactly. That. They're very good when you give them the scenario and just get it and they get stuck in and the charts come out and the graphs come out. But ask them to present it. They're mm. very comfortable when you're sitting next to them. But that's not their forte. Mm. Um, so once again, in South Africa, we're very lucky that we have legislation that really allows us to save a hell of a lot of money from our pension. True. We have tax-free savings, which is what a retirement annuity really is. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the ability really not to touch that money over a certain amount. I think it's 7,500 rand at the moment. Just to encourage you not to go there. And something that's often asked is, what happens if I emigrate? As long as you get reserve bank clearance, you can get that money. Exactly. And you also haven't funneled money into there not to pay tax on it. But be that as it may, um, it it makes it a lot easier. What I wanted to come back to just before we move on to the next topic is, if someone says to you, Gil, I understand property or I understand gold coins or Mm. I understand, I don't know, uh, Buffalo, that is my retirement plan. I mean, I once worked into an advocate's office, and he says to me, do you understand anything about cattle? I said, no, very little. He said, that's my retirement plan. Can you beat my return? I said, well, I don't even know what your return is, and we're never going to calculate it. But if you feel that it's generating the income you need mm-hmm. and you're passionate about it, well, then that's your plan. Well, I walked away from a deal, but at the end of the day, you, you, you can't argue that point because it works for you. Certainly. If someone says to you, look, I'm happy to have a little RA, just sort of cover my bases. Mm. But I want to go elsewhere, and I'm good at it. Mm. What would your advice be there? 
Well, I mean, obviously you have a, a very large uh, investment field. Not, you know, if we if we step away from the retirement side, I mean, I mean nowadays, I mean you can turn on to Facebook or you can turn on to any social platform, and you'll be hit with a variety of investment fields. You can become your own master, um, and you can get advice. So there, there, there's such a large variety, I think, and also again with social media and and, and the platforms that we have nowadays, is that everybody's becoming more educated. I mean. I, I have clients who who are in the petrol game and all of a sudden a year ago are now in the farming game. And why? Because science has allowed them to do that. And it, within a year, uh, this guy was speaking to me about scientific terms in farming that I had no idea about. You know, so there's such a big variety of investments. It's it's dependent on what, as you said, your client turned around and said, you know, cows, this is my game. This is what I know. This is the investment return I'm making out of uh, applying my knowledge. And this is the return I'm making. Can you beat that? And and I think inevitably at the end of every Every day, a person wants to apply their knowledge to an investment, and can they apply it? So, uh, it, every person is different. Uh, honestly, you know, we, we uh, you come across. Um, I'm sure you've come across a lot of people that are very conservative. I'm very happy with money in the bank, earning or yielding a fixed interest rate. I'm very happy with that. Or other people say. Avi, please tell me what's the thing that is going to shoot the lights off. What is the next best thing? You know, um, you know, is it, is there somebody competing against Apple? You know, besides Samsung, um, I'm involved in Bitcoin <laughs> or Bitcoins. Tell me more about this Bitcoin thing. Um, and you know, so what's the next best thing? And everybody has their 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 own. Um, you know their their own avenue that they want to go down, and I think one of the biggest things are, again you know, speaking earlier about the millennial side is that millennials have so much wealth of knowledge that is coming in at all times that they literally are becoming masters um, of that 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 investment field it 's my job to introduce the next part of the conversation, but you just slid in there very sorry surreptitiously <laughs> but let 's talk about that because yeah. that 's ultimately where we, we, we want to go for the next part of the show so we 've sort of set the scene as savings special retirement savings we've got this new creature that's sort of arrived that um was born in a particular time let's define when that time is so people know we're talking about them or to them and why are they wired differently and how do they think differently and how how has the investment and savings market had to adapt to accommodate these characters. Well, I think if we start at the beginning, is like, who are we talking about? Because I think a couple of people are probably scratching their heads right now and thinking, are they talking to me or not? Um, so we're talking about millennials. Uh, millennials are from your early 80s uh, to the late 90s. If you just fall out of that, you can still call yourself a millennial. Um, <laughs> um, so, so you're talking about people that are in their late 20s now, early 30s. And um, why this is called its own generation? Because it's the generation, well, it's generation after generation. X. And millennials have been seen as a completely different breed of individual. Opposed to what we've had in the past, uh, millennials are seen to be very well educated. As I, I was mentioning, the social media platforms have, have been a, a, a huge anchor for this knowledge. And, and other means by um, their approach generally to life is very, very different to what we had in Generation X. Generation X, uh, if, if I can just touch on that, it was very much brand orientated. Uh, your brands being your Nike, uh, Coca-Cola, just for example, and very much a brand orientated um, individual. 
where the millennial side is a completely different brand. You know, it's, it's a completely different generation where brands are not import, as important as brand loyalty. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, brand loyalty being, you know, your Apple, your Samsung, and, and we find that… What's the difference between the two? Aren't they both loyal to the brand? They are, they are loyal to the brand, but what we find is that millennials will actually stick to a brand and they will, and 60% of millennials is actually found to be literally because they're loyal to the brand will retain and maintain. And, and, and be fixed to that brand opposed to where the generation before would be moving with whatever is the next brand okay. or what is the next best thing. So we're actually starting to find that it's a completely different outlook. It's a completely different marketing uh, for uh, a variety of um, uh, companies out there and sp- specifically obviously the financial services side is finding that you know we are targeting a very, very different individual out there so we have to change our products and we have to change our approach um, in getting the the millennial to understand the importance of savings so going back to savings is savings important to a millennial not as much as the generation before them. Why? They, they're going to retire one day? They are going to retire one day. But at the moment, as, as we've seen, um, and, and there's many articles that, 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 that I can go over, but what a millennial, a millennial is actually looking at is more about um, the life experiences. Opposed to what would be our important things, marriage, uh, early marriage, uh, children, household, these are actually not as important anymore. A millennial seen a completely different outlook, later marriage, later children, but the life experiences are the things that are actually coming up first. So we find that millennials are not actually saying, you know, I need to have all the bells and whistles inside my house. I only need the important things, but it's the life experiences. Is That's what I want to invest in. So to go back to the cappuccino story before, it's not the cappuccino. It's what type of cappuccino? Mochaccino. There you go. Thank you. Okay. So it's really about that experience that is really important. And how have investment companies or the financial services market as a whole, how they sort of adapted or haven't they adapted to accommodate these new creatures? I think it's uh, the. Oh, I'm, I can't really say I'm speaking for everybody, but I think in, in my view on the financial services side, is that it is a different breed. It's, it's so it's a whole new, a whole new outlook. Um, millennials base a lot of the information on what their friends say. So w- what they see on a social platform or, or what their friends are commenting on is basically what they will understand as news or what is happening. So to, to go to the financial services, how do, how do they see it? They, they have to adapt their investments or, or their investment platforms to be a lot more on a, um, a flexible side opposed to where – in the past, we had a more fixed side. We, we, we had more terms and, you know, longer terms and things like that, a, a longer term outlook, where I believe the financial services side is now starting to look at the shorter terms. So shorter investments that actually get you to that new life experience. So not that three-year, five-year gap. We're looking more at that one and two-year so that I can get to that Thailand trip a lot faster. You know, Carlo, as you're talking, I'm just thinking, if you think of fees, for example, mm. I mean, certain established companies whose names we won't mention, mm. um, you know, they were hold over the coals about five years ago, especially on retirement mm. annuity fees. And when you work them out, they were staggering. Yet, it's just dawned on me now for the first time, 
I'm sure the actual calculations from day one were, were, but this is the 35-year term. This is what the product's all about. And if you amortize it over that term, then yet we came along, and then the millennials came along, and 35 years is not even part of the vocab. No. It's not even there. And all of a sudden, when you start cutting that term short, then the fees become glaringly exorbitant. Correct. And therefore, product has to be adjusted in order to you know, recoup, recoup your costs, make a profit, but yet still offer a product that is really attractive. Exactly that. And, um, well, uh, uh, reducing the costs, so uh, uh, inevitably I think that where financial institutions will start to go to is the robot. And, and, and what we've seen is that now more and more is that um, an individual is looking at a 50-50 advice fee – I mean, I'm sorry, advice – um, kind of idea, um, 50-50 being a little bit robotic and 50, 50% being from an individual or an, an, an experienced or financial, uh, registered financial services uh, advisor to, to actually give advice. So they're looking for advice not just from computers or from the web or, or, or you know, from, from uh, social media, but also getting it from a financial advisor. So that, in my view, is already a way that uh, financial institutions are looking at to reduce costs. Um, I know a couple of financial institutions are looking at developing apps that are more uh, on, on the list side, but um, a, sh- a shorter term investment, uh, your form of unit trust, where your fees are reduced because now you're actually providing yourself the advice. A simple app, logging in, allocating money into an investment, and obviously reducing your your fees inevitably, um, but going back to the the idea about thirty five years, yeah, that that was the idea. It was a it's a thirty five years cell phone contract that you were taking out, and we all know if you want to leave early, that you can't. So, a colleague once gave me an example. You know, if a client buys an airline ticket from Joburg to Cape Town, and uh, they look at the Kimberley Big Hole as they're flying over, and they reckon, no, no, I want to visit, and then knock on the pilot's door and say, so I just want to get out. Pilot says, fine, grab a shoot and jump. But you take the risk when you get out halfway. You know, my job is to take you to Cape Town. You want mm. to get out, out over Kimberley? That's fine. Jump and you must take the pain that comes with it. It's a little oversimplified and it may be a little bit uh, childish. But again, you know, hitting it on the head. one needs to understand what contract one is getting into Definitely. and what the nature of that contract really is. And then, you know, just to understand that either you need to stick the term out or you need to take the pain should you want to change it. Um, on the whole, what I found is that the financial services offerings are very, very slow to change. Mm. It's this massive Titanic it that is. can see ahead, can has all the sophisticated radar, but when the captain actually has to make a decision to turn to the left or to the right or to do whatever. It's a slow move. It's a very slow thing. And yet millennials are not looking for that. Mm-hmm. They're looking for the quick thing. And I find that often the problem is the gap between advice being given and advice being received. Mm. The advice being given is for, from often from people who have their, their, their behind in the past. Mm. People who have been around a long time and are constantly comparing things. The advice that they, the people are giving advice to are people on the here and now. Yes. Who know what was in the past because they read about it, as you said. They know what's available because they've read about it, they've chatted about it. In fact, they quickly looked at the robot on the way here. Mm. And therefore, you can't come and give them a whole history lesson. They don't care about the past. They want to know now. And I'm finding that's where there's often an issue is that there's a 
a, a frustration at the advice stage mm. because the advice giver and the advice receiver aren't often on the same wavelength. Well, I, I think because uh, um, I'm sure you probably can agree with me on this is that and if I don't. Then, then you can say out loud. That's fine. Um, the uh, m- most financial advice of what I've seen is that uh, a financial advisor is usually passed down in the family. So it will be dad's financial advisor, and all of a sudden, my son has got a job, and I want you to speak to the financial advisor. And they're not singing exactly the same tune. So here is a financial advisor with many, many years behind him. Great structure because you know we're, we're looking at retirement with dad, but now son has exactly that. The fast, the now, I want that. And the advice given in that instance is a long-term advice. Inevitably, like I said, retirement should be separate to short-term investment. But the millennial not necessarily sees that long-term goal. He wants the short, the now. What I've read about on the way here, my Forex exchange, and I can become an expert after two sessions on the weekend. I just got to give up two Saturday mornings if I can. <laughs> and you, you're an expert. And, and that, that's what they're looking at is the short and the nows. Fantastic. On that note, so you just saw the hand signals there because I'm always late for the break. This time I'm exactly 15 seconds early. So let's take a quick break. We'll be back with you in a moment. Avi on money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It is 19 minutes to the hour. And um, Carla, someone asked me the other day, why don't you say to which hour? Because this show is replayed more than once during the week. Oh, right. And I know it's played on a Sunday morning. Okay. So I, I've been at a function, a person comes and says, what are you doing here? I was just <laughs> listening to you. I said, yeah, I actually recorded that live on a Tuesday afternoon. And that, I said, so is that why you're saying summary to the hour? I said, yes, because it doesn't make a difference what the time is really, because it's paid often, which is, which is a great accolade. Makes sense. But I need to read one more advert, and I just let you need to let you know that there's some more specials coming. So please listen. Pick and Pay Harper Nord has some very great specials for you. And they are like this. They've got Benny's Vegetarian Pizza, was 33 Rand 99, is now 26 Rand 99. Kosher Chicken was 79 Rand 99. Now 69 Rand 99. You guys were meant to lift your eyebrows when I said it because I don't think non-kosher chickens paying 79 Rand 99. Am I right? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go with you on this one. <laughs> I think it's a lot less than that. <laughs> Hadar dressing and seizing mix was 51 grams, was 47.99, is now 29 Rand. Kedem Kedishan of Dalla wine, 750 mils, was 84 Rand, is now 60 Rand. Schneider Muska, 50% chocolate, 200 grams, was 38 Rand 50, is now 25 Rand. And once again, these specials are only available from Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood, and they're valid from the 22nd of June to the 20th of June only while stocks last. So that's in two days' times. Please get down there and take advantage of that. Right, Carlo, let's come back to financial planning. You're a financial planning a planner at Liberty. Liberty is an app that can help people. Tell me about it. Um, so Liberty recently, obviously, um, going into the millennial and, and going trying to create a new platform or uh, well, a new platform for investing. Um, again, going on the South African market, it, it, we find it's very tough to do investing because sometimes we have to go into the bank. We have to meet with your financial advisor and so forth. So. I mean, we literally look, I can't even say how many times we look at a cell phone on a daily basis. 
but to have access or information at that point. So Liberty launched uh, a new app called Stack. Uh, you can download it uh, on Android. And the the basically given a platform whereby you can do very small savings, uh, 50 rand, 100 rand, and those type of savings that that is completely discretionary to your, I, to, I, to I your budget. To, I need to stop you there. <clears throat> 50 rand, 80 rand is unheard of in the market anymore. So this is a phenomenal thing because it appeals to everybody. Everybody can now save because the amounts are so accessible and they are so affordable. What are the fees? If I'm going to put away 50 rand, if a guy that comes to my garden once a week and I say to him, I won't mention his name, but so-and-so, please, let's download the app. He has the Wi-Fi code. Download it. Let's get it going. And I'm paying you X. I want you to put away 100 bucks um, you know, a month. Do you have any idea what that's going to cost him? Um, the fees are right down at the bottom. Um, I don't have exact amounts because it will vary from different portfolios. Um, it's basically the idea was to create a platform that, that is easy and accessible, um, as easy as opening up Facebook uh, or any of our other apps and doing um, savings in, in a quick form. So extra monies that you might have had at the end of a salary or at the end of a week, it's just to create that buildup or, or, or the idea about savings or investments that, you know, 50 rand this week, 100 rand next week, and so on and so on. At the end of the month, I'm sitting with a cool four or 500 rand. And, and I think that's the idea behind the app is that to, to, to encourage or try to create and more encouragement around the savings side, especially around youth month or savings month, um, just to add something more or something different to the market and, and try and encourage South Africans, not just millennials, but all South Africans um, to do more savings. I, you know, I've never asked the question. I'm just talking out loud now. Why are South Africans not savers? The Japanese, we know, are tremendous savers to the detriment of their economy. But why are we not savers at all? And when I say that, I'm not going to be PC over here. Mm. You know, the three of us sitting in the studio are all white um, individuals of a privileged background, all in the business world. But we talk about South Africans. We're talking about everybody. How does the entire country not have a saving culture? We've got a, a huge continental population. Mm. Um, you know, continentals by their nature are save people who save, people are cautious, people are careful, people who came here could barely speak the language and yet built empires by saving sense. Correct. And yet we say South Africans don't have a savings culture. And the answer that I'd maybe like to put out there is that South Africa was also a refuge for many people. Right. And it is still a refuge for people who didn't have the advantages, who now have the ability to play on an open, on a, on, a, on a fair playing field, so to speak. And it's time to play catch-up. It's time to have those things that you didn't have back then. It's time to give your children that which you didn't have. And all that consumes money. Mm. Whereas the previous generation had the same mindset. We need to save. We need to build. Um, and yet the, also education was a lot cheaper for their children. Government education was good. It was cheap. Mm. There's a whole discussion on another radio station this morning uh, because particular MEC said they should scrap private schooling. And there was an outrage from a lot of people who say, we yet. don't eat so that our children can go to school. And not to your schools, to private schools. Right. So don't come with that nonsense. It was interesting sort of dynamic. But, yeah, we've got to get South Africans into the savings mode. And what we're discussing, discussing offline is that the millennials are not interested that much in material things. 
They really want to have what they need to get by, and they just they want to play in the space that older people, maybe like myself, can't see, feel, or touch. But yet right. they're very comfortable to be there. And when um, Warren Buffett said that he doesn't invest in tech shares because he can't invest in something he doesn't understand, <laughs> and when he turned around the other day and said he missed the Facebook boat, he did. He said. I, I saw that as a tremendous thing. I thought a man of stature, mm. a man of foresight to say that I didn't go there because I'm much not comfortable there. But I've got to get comfortable. But Mr. Buffett, you're at the end of your career. But he's saying you're not at the end of my career. Well, if I'm an investor, I'm an investor. Well, didn't you say about the cow earlier where, where you were making 35% return and you said, well, I don't have anything to beat your, your, your cow production, so I'm best I'll call it a day. A hundred percent. Yeah, so that's really a, a, just a, a very interesting um, insight as to how do people download this app? Um, like I said, it, it is available on Android um, and it, it's uh, under Liberty Stash. Um, it can be downloaded and uh, you just sign up and you can start a different form of savings platform. Um, obviously, there's, uh, there are other products on Liberty website, on liberty.co.za. Let's not talk generic. Let's talk specific. Okay. Carla Gill sitting here. How do people get hold of you? Oh, you're welcome to get hold of me. Uh, also, on the Liberty website, you can just uh, search Carla uh, Gill and uh, we'll come up on uh, the spokesperson and financial advisor um, platform. Um, alternatively, you can find me on Facebook on on. Uh, Collard.gil. That's G-I-L. Um, that's 1-L, yes, G-I-L. And, um, yeah, welcome to send any messages or any questions uh, regarding the millennial space, new apps, or investing. Fantastic. Carla, thank you so much for coming in. Um, I said to you before, I'm not quite sure if we'll spend a full hour, but the hour is gone. Okay. Um, and uh, it's been very, very insightful. A lot of messages have come through. I don't know if you've realized that I've weaved them into the questions that we've asked as, uh, as you've so. gone Absolutely. along. Thanks so much for that and, and best you. of luck. And uh, guys, if you want, if you are Liberty clients or you want to look as to what they have to offer, please look Carlo up at C-A-R-L-O-G-I-L. Go have a look. Just Google it. You'll find it. And all the information, information will be there. Once again, Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons. Michelle Tates, thank you for putting the show together every week. And we will speak to you next week. Thank you.